Got to start off with a story from old man Cormac. Old man Cormac. Well, <laughs> my, my, my hammy's hurt. My, my hammy's is yelling and screaming. Um, <laughs> there, uh, no, yesterday is, is almost everybody that I seem to know who's celebrating their father's day celebrates it by going out and doing yard work. What if, <laughs> What are, I was there. I I did that too. Oh exactly. man, I, I did a lot of yard work. What you got a lot of yard to to do some work. We have. I was sore afterward. So the, the great thing about the previous owner, and great thing is subjective term here, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is the fact that they decided to in the front yard rather than do mulch. They used rock, and it's not. It's did, like, it, did they put down weed abatement below the rock, said rock? Not if they did <laughs> maybe about a decade ago and it's deteriorated. It's all gone. And, yeah, right. But I mean, we're talking about like rock. It's, it's like rock, R, rock. It's it's rock you don't want to walk across. <laughs> and it's not like our neighbors got rock, but they've got like this almost, I don't know, reddish kind of like lava rock type thing. Like mm-hmm. a pumice stone type deal. Yeah. And so theirs is easy to move and, and all this other stuff. No, I mean, I like, we don't really want the rock in our front yard, but right now it's just like, yeah, we've been here a year. What do we want to do with this thing? It's just like, give it another year. Yeah. 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 Push, kick that can down the road. <laughs> hey, look, we'll be say. here a while. We'll keep kicking right. it down the road for a little bit longer. So I was like all hunched over yesterday, pulling weeds <laughs> out from between all of the rocks. And, and then, then I decided that today was the day to say, Hey, why don't you, uh, after a long day, of oh, and walking around Ford field yesterday and just like doing a lot of walking, a lot of stairs and all this other stuff yesterday, I decided this morning was a good day to try to go from zero to breaking some all time record of being on the rowing machine so it's just like you know like hey i haven't done the rowing machine in like forever why don't i yeah. just go and get on it do, do a it. marathon exactly yeah do it for an hour <laughs> and then i did that once on a mountain bike it had been a decade of no mountain biking i'm like i'm gonna go to the top of this mountain i threw up at the top of said mountain yeah for sure <laughs> there you go there you go exactly so it's just i made like, it though you're like, why, why, why? Yeah. I used to be able to do this just fine. Now won't oh, be yeah, any exactly. different. Yeah. Yeah. My body feels fine, you know? What does age matter? No. no. <laughs> now, uh, does, it doesn't even cross your mind because you're still the same no. person you always were. You're yeah. not getting older, right? Yeah. <laughs> you were in denial, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Now my Achilles oh. are burning. My hamstrings are burning. I'm sure tomorrow something else that I didn't discover that I had uh, as part of my anatomy is going to be burning as well. Whoa now. Hey. Well, hey, so. <laughs> come on now. This this whole getting older thing, I pre- think I could pretty much speak for everyone in most circumstances and say, don't do it. Yeah, right? This well, is not something that. You mean you don't do old? Yeah. Don't get old. Just don't get old. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I. I I, I had a, a mishap over the weekend, and I I guess I should come clean about it. You you may be able to see if you're watching this uh, on YouTube. Was you see this ask, little? Yes. Well, I don't know the Harry Potter scar that I have now on my forehead. <laughs> well, at, any at, guesses? At first, I was wondering, hey, is that? Did I just not notice that was a scar from? You remember? Because for some reason, just the other day, I guess because I was like looking for a used mountain bike. And so then for some reason, since my search on my Google search was about used mountain bikes, it came up, you know, Instagram wanted to show me every uh, like mountain bike fiasco that happened. And for some reason that, <laughs> that took me back to your mountain bike fiasco, which oh, man. was- yes. like, This is nowhere near as bad as that was, right? Yeah, so this did not happen on a bike. This did not happen during yard work. This happened completing phase two of construction at the Troxel HQ. 
mm-hmm. which I'm happy to say phase two is is done. We got we got the apartment finished. We got father-in-law moved in, but like final touches, final touches up on a ladder on the curtain rod, try, trying to reuse the old curtain rod f- for a new purpose, like the old drape style, you know, pull the, the, the oh, yeah. cable yeah. curtains and trying like, oh, maybe we can get all that junk out of there and just use it as like a regular curtain rod. So I'm like trying to pry this one thing off with a screwdriver, a flat tip screwdriver. I literally like stab myself in the forehead with a flat tip screwdriver. When it slipped oh. off of the metal, oh, terrible, well man. Well done. Yeah. I mean, bullseye. So if, if by chance you're <laughs> listening to this, you want to see Evan's yeah. new edition. Send, send you, everyone to look. You have Thanks. to go to the YouTube channel and check out his new Harry Potter scar. Well, although it's a little um, off to, it's, it's more centralized, so. It's central and straight. Yes, it's not the, you were, the zigzag Zorro look. You were giving yourself a splitting <laughs> headache. <laughs> right. I didn't get it from squinting too hard in my old age, which could have been. <laughs> nice. Could have been a, nice. a cause. Right. Well, hey, we just got back from the AIA conference, I don't know, in the past, a few yeah. days ago. So All right, we thought we should do a uh, back to switching glasses. <laughs> Put the higher power glasses no, just for some reason, my brand new glasses, again, you'll have to go to the video because I have brand new glasses and old cheapy reading glasses and the brand new glasses are great, but for some reason they say they are work, like work zone, work something, workspace glasses. Anyway, and it's just simply for reading and having that clear peripheral vision. Yeah, there's nothing clear. Okay, so having worn glasses my entire life, unlike you, no, yeah, they do take getting used to. You have to commit. You have to commit to the new glasses for a few days before you well, just write them off. My, my wife's in the same boat. She's got this pair of glasses, brand new. Just, she's like, I hate them. I'm not going to wear them. And I'm just like, <laughs> you, you exactly. got to give them a chance because they, I mean, you, you, you've been used to the readers for a while. And, and so to actually go to oh, a prescription you... set of glasses. You you stretched that know. word a while. I know you quite yeah, a I bit. Know. <laughs> I know how long. <laughs> I I can only say this because I've been wearing glasses a while. <laughs> Is that better? Mine's more better. Like a while. Yeah. <laughs> like you mean? Let's, let's truncate that. Like I, yeah, I think right. I think it. My eyes started going where I needed readers maybe like just before COVID. Yeah. You're, you're a pretty lucky man. I mean, I remember you wearing them like during the tenure of this podcast and that's quite a bit shorter than even the tenure of this podcast. I think, (laughs) I think it was, uh, it was the New York AIA convention. So that's, we're about to talk the AIA convention. Mm, It was the New York, it was the New York AIA convention where I actually saw a pair of readers that I liked and bought them as like, you know, I'm going to commit to buying a pair of readers at the, <laughs> we, you and I were at one of the art museums. I can't remember which yeah. one. And I was just like, Ooh, those are cool. And bought those. And that was like the first official time that I accepted the fact that I needed readers. In public. Well, how long was it between the purchase and the actual wearing? Did, what, no, so, I actually, so, I actually literally started wearing them. Like you just went straight to it. I wow. went straight to them because, I guess another thing is, is that so those first pair that I bought were Wayfarer style, and I've pretty much mm-hmm. bought Wayfarer mm-hmm. style ever since. And yeah. these are, I should give these to you for your new Harry Potter scar. They're more rounded glasses, and um, they are more rounded. And yeah. I have to get used to that as well. Yeah, yeah. It's a well, different style. I wanted to get some Archie specs. Yeah, you did it. Look they're, at you. And they're green, transparent. They're weird. A, a little yeah. bit weird is nice. That's a, it's a good trait for architectural glasses. Absolutely yeah. nothing about me says weird. Oh, wait. Sorry. <laughs> oh, wait. Back that up. Rewind. <laughs> Who are we talking about? Yeah. yeah. Redo those. 
everything about me <laughs> screams weird. So, yeah. So, yeah. Well, we're all weird in different ways, Cormac. So don't don't feel like an outcast. Well, I, I'm not. I'm going to say that I'm weird in every way. Yeah. Well, we just, like we said, we were in San Francisco for uh, many days. And the San Francisco AI conference, another, I would say, successful conference, oh, yeah. weather-wise. Yeah. Somebody actually said, every time I go to an AI conference, the weather's bad. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I, like I can't even remember a bad weather AI conference. <laughs> Honestly, no. I mean, I, and yeah. I'm thinking, let's see, Philly, awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. Atlanta, great weather, but you know, it's Atlanta, New it's York. hot. We skipped yeah. out on Orlando. Um, I didn't go to right. the Chicago, the last Chicago one. DC was great weather. I'm just like rattling off like all of the ones that I can remember. Well, Vegas, Vegas was the great. Last, the last, last Chicago one, which is the most recent one last yeah. year was great. We went on oh, yeah, yeah, river yeah. boat tour oh, and that it was, was incredible weather. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. absolutely beautiful. <laughs> right. So, so I don't know what they were talking about. And I thought San Francisco was great. I mean, the, there was nothing, nothing to complain about. What was about. it? The last day, like when I was driving you to the airport in Chicago, mm. it started to rain. That was literally which it. Was, so like, I mean, which was fine. Everybody was leaving. Right. So. Right. Yeah. I, I, I honestly can't think of one. I mean, Florida's Florida. So you're going to get Florida weather. So I don't, I honestly, maybe if that was like the only one they were at and didn't expect that in the middle of the afternoon in central Florida, it was not going to rain. Well, guess what? Yeah. It's central Florida. It's going to rain. The light clockwork, yep. you can literally set your watch to it and it'll, it'll rain, but it'll only rain for like maybe 15 minutes and then it'll be perfect weather. That's usually the time you go to Disney and then like line up properly at the lines and Everybody flocks to the, I'm doing a PSA for Disney now for some reason. I think the PSA for Disney is go to Disney and stand in a line. That's what it sounds like. Go to Disney. Many lines. Look at, yeah, go to, <laughs> go to Disney. Ride all of the rides that aren't packed. And then the ones that you really want to ride, wait till around five in the afternoon. This is again, central Florida. Thunderstorm. It's going to start getting really dark. It's going to get stormy it's gonna rain heavy heavy rain too for all of about 15 minutes and everybody's gonna start scurrying for the gates like oh no my day's ruined okay bye because guess what you guys got out of the line that i want to get into i i did that like space mountain i rode space mountain so many times because there was no line you just this you... is this is the disney travel hacks uh, oh, segment yeah. with cormac right there you go not a sponsor. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Although I would take some Disney money. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. 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 If, if you're interested, give us a call at Disney. So, so I also, well, maybe we should just start off and say the overall kind of value of going to an AI conference that, as we see it yeah. so that we can have that little preamble in here because I think there's a lot of people out there who don't go to the show. I think there were 15,000 architects oh, wow. at the show or 50, I'll just say 15,000 people. I don't, definitely not all architects, but, um, 15,000 was the number that I saw in the follow-up email from AIA. And then I saw that there were booths in the expo hall. Um, and so just, those are some big round numbers, but I think not the most well-attended uh, conference on architecture, but pretty good. Um, and it felt like there was a lot of architects descending on San Francisco all at one time. Yeah. Everybody walking around from Union Square to Moscone had the A23 badge for the right. most part. And it was, it was very busy, but, but what, what are the overall kind of general feeling about why even go to a conference like this from, from your perspective? Well, I'll get the uh, sarcasm out of the way first, is that definitely as we were coming into town, you know, both starting from the airport through the BART ride in and, and kind of debarking, and you just saw more and more people dressed in black. It literally looked like we were at a cult convention. <laughs> so it was just like, <laughs> yeah. Well, you sent the, you sent the meme of the, uh, 
the picture of people at a funeral and then architect architects on a on a job walk <laughs> on a construction site. Yeah. And there was no difference yeah, in dude. exactly. In right. Um no, but so the value first and foremost, one of the great values that over the years and one of the reasons why I and we have always gone to these and attended these are is the networking value. Not just networking with our peers, networking with manufacturers, networking with also we we got a chance to meet and talk to a lot of tech side people, more so because of your relationship with on the tech side of things, but we got to see a lot of what's coming next, um, which I thought was great. But you know, networking is really important in architecture uh, for a variety of different reasons. I, I don't know how many people I've met through the architectural community, the AIA community, the, the conference community that when I have friends who are saying I'm moving to San Francisco or I'm moving to California, do you know anybody there that might be hiring? And so being able to like, kind of like dive into my network of people that I've met throughout the years has actually helped a lot of people get a job. And, mm. and I think that what's interesting about that is just being able to go to my network and ask them, Hey, I'm not asking you to hire them. I'm asking you, do you know of anybody and stuff like that? And, and just, I'm shocked to be quite honest with you. And yes, contrary to popular belief of me and you sitting here now for the past, what, 11 years talking about architecture, I'm pretty introverted and mm. I don't naturally, like, I'm not going to walk up, Hey, Corey Phelan, how are you doing? Heaven, but those kind of things. And I have built a huge network of people that I know. And somebody was like, you know, Hey, I'm moving here. Oh yeah. I know somebody there. Ch check him out. Or, you know, I'm going here or I'm going to visit this or I'm going to do that. And for some reason I have this mental Rolodex of tons of people. And so honestly, I would say that the thing that draws me to these conventions is the networking opportunities that we have. Yeah. I think, I think the, the word I would use is community. It's, yes. it's like relationships. It's oh, yeah. like yeah. networking sounds kind of, yeah, it uh, does. sounds a little weird. And, and like, I, I think that even most people like early two thousands. <laughs> well, and it seems, and it sounds kind of like, salesy or something i don't know it's just one of the True. but it's not like you don't mean it like that i know you don't mean it like that i think one of the funny things about you finding the value in the ai show and i'll just rephrase i'm going to paraphrase you is that other people find value in sending you to the show <laughs> they get the value out of it well, <laughs> when they're looking for a job or a firm they come talk to you because you go to these events and you've built the network uh, so other people benefit from it that's pretty funny but uh, built i know what you mean you you built the community they profit yeah, there that's how it works. Why don't I profit? <laughs> I want to profit. Well, I need to start, yeah. you know, having them like cut a check every time. You need a I finder's like... fee. There you go. Yeah. Need you need a finder's fee. fee. Yeah. I'll talk to you if. Mm. But... Yeah, here's my fee. So, so the totally agree on the networking side of things. Again, this year it, and last year were different than my previous times going because for me it was being in one booth like the whole time. Mm in yeah. the on the expo hall floor at the tech booth and a lot of people are coming to visit and a lot of people I was recording the whole time I did a bunch of interviews in the in the for the people verse podcast which you could look up and if you want to start watching those episodes come out just check out and subscribe to people verse but the idea there was that I'm there because the work that we do at tech is very much surrounded are in the middle of these two communities of building product manufacturers who are the ones exhibiting in the show and then the architects who are coming to visit and potentially interact with those people on the show on the expo hall floor and so it's a the perfect convergence for the company that I work for and so I've also built this incredible network of community members from the old Architox blogging and Twitter, right. the things that we, how we met originally back in the day. And that's just continued and it's expanded because people know people and right. they make introductions and people are there. I mean, that to me is the biggest value is that it's where the people are. 
And there aren't too many times when you can go visit that many people in your industry in one place. Like the other right. conference right. that you and I have gone to repeatedly is the Monterey Design Conference, which yes. is much smaller, more focused on design. So it's very much like the architects, architects kind of a vibe right. there. Exactly. And it's totally amazing set setting. It's never in a big city. It's always at the same place in Monterey on the beach and very different. But this one is like everyone's there for the most part, everyone who's anyone. And if you don't go, you're not, you, you need to be somebody and come next time. But the, yes. the idea of it is, I think, well, not the idea of it, but just going and, and it really is kind of fulfilling to meet up with people. And it is a reunion of sorts for right. the architectural community. Even for the people who just lurk on the outside, it's a yeah. great opportunity to get in and meet people. So one of the great things, and it's really happened almost every year, I will have met somebody that has been a part of my community for the better part of almost a decade and a half. And, but only online. But right. only online. And we have this relationship, this conversation that always happens. And, and then you meet them in public for the first time. You know, I met you know, a friend of the show for the very first time and we've conversed again for like almost 13 years and i met up with him finally face to face and it was like just rolled right into a conversation there was no awkward no silence you know hey how are you doing or something it was just like hey finally this kind of thing and <laughs> and it was but it was great oh, cool. because it, it and that happened quite a bit over this, this last one is just like, I was hanging out with and walking around town and looking at architecture with people that I hadn't, that I'd only conversed with kind of through social media, but haven't right. really met them and haven't really walked around. And, and it's kind of interesting because then it kind of expands like your, your understanding of these people a little bit more because now you're really kind of like learning because I'll say that one of the people that I met up with. I had a slightly different impression of the person only because it, it seemed like they were a little bit more boisterous, maybe online or something like that. Absolutely not the case. Very grounded, very cool person, just very earthy. It was just, it was far more comfortable meeting them in person and any impression that I may have had just off of like things that they say online or, or whatever else was completely just like abolished because it was just, it was like, yeah, you're one of our tribe. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and that's what was great. And then just other things that uh, I think that I had, I spent a lot of time on the floor uh, on, I can't remember which day it was. It was, I think it was the first day the floor opened while you were working uh, on the floor. I kind of like walked around and just tried to meet up with people that I had talked to through just manufacturers. I learned a little bit more about some of the um, materials and, and things like that. There was an interesting one actually right next to your booth, the Glengarry booth right next to yours was really interesting because there's so many times when we're doing adaptive reuse that we're always looking for a lightweight structural uh, facade solution. And this last project that I did in downtown Baltimore the existing conditions couldn't support a facade that was greater than I think you know, 12 PSF or some crazy. It was just, um, it was a crazy low amount of weight that it could support. And so we went through a variety of different things and had even looked at thin brick. And at the time of thin brick hadn't caught up to what we really needed to really be kind of a high performance rain screen system. Sure enough, as they're setting up, I'm watching them. I'm like, Hey, what's that? And at a private tour is when I, I don't know if you noticed, but I stopped helping you set up and I just kind of like wandered over there for a second <laughs> and no, was, we didn't it, notice. <laughs> and just started chatting with the guys and, you know, Hey, talk to me about this. And, and then I came back from my firm was actually there, actually one of our exterior envelope specialists. And it was great to see him because now that I'm in Detroit. I don't get to see, and he was like the principal in charge of the, of this particular project that I'm talking about. And, and so it was just, oh, I met the Glengarry guys yesterday and I really want to talk to them, but I want to talk to them with you 
because I want to have the conversation that you and I have about high performance rain screen systems with these guys so that they mm -hmm. can kind of answer some of the same questions that we always have about some of the systems. It was kind of cool to like yeah. actually be able to do things like that. Right. I actually used it somewhat to my advantage for once. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's kind of a cool opportunity to, if, if you can do a little bit of homework ahead of time and pick it out, pick out, because one thing yeah. that definitely happens is when you're walking from here to there, you stop 45 times oh, meeting gosh, yes. people in, on the way, or you're hungry, or there's a bathroom stop involved, or you need to refill your water bottle, or there's puppies, and there's a puppy petting station, puppies. or there's all these different distractions. Oh. Is actually just like using the internet, right? <laughs> when you're trying to find something, but you could potentially like map out a travel path of and do a master class in materials in one or two days and you could learn so much for your current projects because yes. everybody's there at the right time they're not scheduling lunch and learn six months in advance when it doesn't matter anymore because right. it doesn't right. work for this project so it's great from a manufacturer standpoint too, because look at all these architects who want to learn about new stuff. Absolutely, I mean, architects yeah. all want to learn about new materials, but what do you do the other 363 days a year, right? That's a question that I like to ask manufacturers because I'm in the business of connecting, exactly. connecting them to architects at, at Tech. But this idea of everybody being in the right place at the right time, it actually can work for everybody's oh, benefit. Yeah. Uh, so, so it is kind of cool for that too, but I don't think that's why architects really go to the, to the show. I don't think they go for the expo. I think that's just like a, a side thing that also happens to happen yes. at the show, but it's not the main reason why people go. So I will say that I did use the AIA's, uh, A23 app and, you know, not only gave me like all of the different things that I'd signed up for, but then you could also map out like what manufacturers you want to see, where their booth is, and it'll kind of give you a little interactive map, which was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If I were to give myself a score of how many of those people did you I actually, actually see, <laughs> it's not a very high percentage. If I got to 50%, I would be surprised. Puppies, on mm -hmm. the other hand, I got to the puppies. Yeah. I, I got that was puppy. not on the itinerary, but you. It did was go not there. on the yeah. itinerary. I saw we saw the puppies there, and had to we had to stop. It, I mean, it didn't help that. Let me let me just say kudos to whoever laid this out. There was the puppy station right next to the mimosa station. Hmm. I mean, that works. Mimosas and puppies. How can you go wrong? <laughs> Right, right. There's nothing to complain about there. Nothing to complain about there. And the guy, because this was actually a porcelain tile manufacturer who was doing the mimosas, and it's actually somebody who's in my current specs for some of the mm. interior finishes. And so I wanted to go over there and just kind of like talk to them ever so briefly. However. So what you're saying is you got special treatment and it was a two mimosa visit. What was what was absolutely funny You're already about in my spec. Yeah. What was absolutely <laughs> funny about that is it, I don't, it, this definitely wasn't a special treatment thing, but dude making the mimosas was heavy on the mo and very light on the sasas. <laughs> what? <laughs> whatever, the, whatever the hell that just means, it just put it this way. Like if this was the glass and, and so go to the video, cause like if this was the glass, this much of it was the champagne and i yeah. think the orange juice was just for coloring yeah and so it, <laughs> it was, was orange champagne it was orange champagne i mean they nice. they definitely knew their well, audience yeah well and people who are having a good time are oh gonna have more conversations it yeah. was it was they're not stupid it was so the <laughs> the two longest lines for yeah the, these alcoholic beverages <laughs> apparently they knew their audience the alcoholic beverages that were provided out on the floor and the coffee station. So there was this yeah. fantastic, and I'm blanking on the company who was doing those. It was, it was a tech company, but they had hands down the best cappuccinos second to the place that we went to every morning. 
<laughs> nice. I saw Enscape had some had had a boot had they were serving espresso. I think I'm not sure that was it or Thank not. Thank you. That was it. It was Enscape. That yes. was it. Yes. All right. So let's talk about the. I don't. You didn't go to the opening party, but I went to I the. So, so you talked about something that you got to do that I didn't. You got to. You got to actually walk the expo floor. <laughs> but I got to do something better. <laughs> No, please. It was a hundred dollars, though. I don't. You I didn't mean, pay from what for I understand, it. I didn't pay for it. Yeah, yeah. but but still, uh, I've I heard a range of prices. I'm not sure how what I was, the pricing somebody, actually was. Somebody told <laughs> me that it was like a hundred and sixty-five dollars. I'm like, I would have been. I also out. heard somebody say it was thirty-five. So I right. don't. Know. It was all over the map. Yeah, I would have been out regardless. Know. You know, to so say, oh, you have to pay for it. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, no. Yeah, so. It was at the oh, what's the name of it? But it, it it's the it's Lorenzo Building. <laughs> Let's it, just call uh, it the that. Science Center. Yeah, it's a California Science Center. I you know, but there's a the, you, there that is may a be the name. There is a technical name that everybody was throwing right. around. It's like the Lorenzo Building next to the um, what was it it's next next to the Herzog and Demuron yes. de, de Young. Yeah, it's next to that. It's it's in like Golden Gate Park area. So it's it's gorgeous gorgeous spot in on on the peninsula and this isn't i've never been there before never been to any of those buildings before um contrary to my wife saying that we had been there before i, I guarantee you i've never been there before <laughs> and i was blown away by it because it you know you go into this into this building and it's like this big roof covering these two spheres that one's a planetarium one is like a, a a live exhibit like a glass sphere that you can wind yourself up guggenheim style on a on a ramp that spirals all the way to the top and and so then there's this undulating roof over the top of all of that that's a hmm. green roof planted with um, portholes portals letting light into right. the various spaces down below there's an aquarium in the very bottom i mean it's like it's absolutely an incredible resource for the, for the community. So I don't know that there's a lot more to say about it than that. I mean, look it up online. There's there, because you could actually just talk about this forever. It's it's just one of those things where you're learning. It's an experience. It's capital A architecture. You get to the roof. You watch the sunset over the D, over the De Young building across the plaza. It's like what. I get, it's kind of like your what's not to like about this. There, there's just it, it's one of those right. experiences that I thought was absolutely the perfect way to do an opening night reception That's in right. a city at an AIA conference. So they they picked the right spot. It was really cool. This is the second time in a row that I've been there, and people are like, "Oh, are you going to the uh, opening event?" How? how I was told so many times about things that I was missing that they were going to and just like, oh, you're not going to that? Like, I didn't know that that was a thing. Right, right. So, right. And and it's it's one of those things where it's like you actually have to pry yourself away from your projects enough to focus on like figuring the logistics of right. this out. And not very many people have the time to do that. So oh, I think yeah. that is a, the downside. And we always go there. Although the last two years you've gone under a different capacity, but we typically go there in the capacity of press and we do these recaps. We talk about the event. Uh, we actually talk and interview people, which hopefully the fruits of those labors will come out in later episodes. Um, so stay tuned. <laughs> That's some foreshadowing, right? Mm -hmm. And so I do, I honestly sometimes feel guilty about signing up for anything because of how I'm attending. And so I don't attend, like a lot of times I don't necessarily attend uh, all of these events because I was like getting in there for free. But now I'm learning to myself. It's just like, dude, just go to whatever it is that you go. You're, you'll be paying for it anyway. Uh, membership has its privileges. And so just take care of them, <laughs> <laughs> right. you know, right. But I will say that probably next time I will start, I will plan ahead. I will also plan. And you you have an advantage for the next one. Like you yes. have a big advantage for the next one. We can yeah. talk about that, you know, that'll down. Be, that'll be a little bit later, yeah. but that one is going to be, yes. So another thing yeah. that I thought was great is the, I love how there's always a air of just 
this, these cities that we go to for these events always have this just host of, and on the opening night, you got a chance to, to see a lot of these architectural masterpieces and all these masterworks kind of like in their natural environment. And I don't know mm -hmm. how many times we learned, uh, you know, the Boda MoMA and mm -hmm. here we are, every time we walked out of the convention center, there it was it's right, there. right there. And yeah. it was just like, yeah, this is, this is kind of cool. I, I mean, I, I, it's graced many a book and many a magazine and to start to see them and then see, see other things that have been play. It, it was, it was actually really cool and having the time to, and, and you didn't even actually have the time to like get out and like walk around. Cause not only right. were you, you know, working that, but then you had like, you know, other kind of engagements and we had, you know, a couple of engagements and stuff, but, um, I will say that I ditched out on the Friday going to the show floor on Friday and put about eight miles on my feet and mm -hmm. walked around and looked at a lot of different buildings there. The, what is it? San Francisco federal building, um, mm -hmm. by I always say Morphosis. I know it's now Morphosis. I remember him giving a lecture that said Morphosis and now it's Morphosis. So he Morphosized into Morphosis. As they do. As, as they, they do. <laughs> and, you know, got a chance to walk around there. And then people were texting me and they're like, hey, what are you doing? It's just like, I'm ditching out of the conference floor. I'm just going to walk around the city and kind of explore. And they're like, hey, you know, can I like tag along? And so had a couple of other fellow podcasters come along with us and just a couple of other people met a guy from my area here in the Detroit metro area that, you know, we were hanging out a little bit and so had an opportunity to kind of like just meet up with every handful of people and just like walk around and start looking yeah. around and explore. And, and it was kind of fun because you said a couple of destinations, a couple of the destinations were the bookstore. They have this wonderful architectural bookstore, which I will find and put the link in the show notes because for some reason I'm currently blanking on the name of the, uh, of the yeah, bookstore. That's how it goes. But it's right. one of these, <laughs> it's you, you walk in there and you look at the prices of some of these books and you know that you have them in your library and you're like, wait, that book is worth how much? Because only there, my friend. Well, <laughs> exactly. Because it was just like. Can I Oops. like, can I sell this to them? Because I don't think that I've cracked that book open in at least a decade and here they are, they're selling it for $800. And I think I bought it on a subscription. So yeah. I don't know how many books I got from that. And sure enough, I was looking at all of these books and there's, I will say that the one, the books that you have that I've always, that I've had sitting in my Amazon wish list, kind of hoping, I guess it's more of a wish list of like wishing that maybe my wife or my kids would catch the hint and buy them for me. Um, yeah. they're actually cheaper at the bookstore. So the case studies, oh. the case studies book that you have. Yeah. And yeah. that, um, I don't know if you have it or we talked about it at one point in time. But the Neutra, Neutra book, you know, the really big yeah, thing. I've got that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So both of those were only 60 bucks. And I was just like, I want to walk out with them. How much are they on Amazon? I think they're like about. So you say they're, they're more? They're easily like 20, 30 bucks more. Well, um, I think I paid 60 bucks for those back in the day on Amazon. I will but say. I think, yeah, they've, they've gone up. Yeah. But I will say that the only deter the only reason why I didn't take them is because they're heavy and, yeah. and there was no way I was putting them like carry on carry on was probably ship them for you. Yeah. <laughs> but then they, they're back to like the Amazon price. And so why, yeah. why? Yeah. Well, cause you're supporting local business and, uh, and us, this, this thing in the community that's existed for so long. I mean, they actually honored the owner of the bookstore at the last MDC. Uh, oh, yeah. I think he finally retired. Yeah. Oh, well, it's, yeah, it, cool. I mean, it's a beautiful space. You go in there and it yeah. feels like you're at home. Yeah. You know, it's, That's it's cool. just one of these places that, it, yeah, you just, you go there and you're just like, yeah, this is where I'm, it, 
at the very least, this is where I'm supposed to be at this point in time. <laughs> Meant to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just. Well, it... let's talk about one of the other big things that happens at the AIA conference, which is AIA business. Ooh, AIA business. You, yes. you got to participate in some of the AIA business. So, but, but there's just... a lot of, there's a lot of delegates and voting and there's, yeah. you know, new officers being voted on and, and roles being filled and. I didn't get to participate in any of that this year. So I know that you did, you were. Oh, the only thing, no, the were... only thing that I actually wanted to make sure that I did above and beyond any of like that stuff that you're talking about is really just kind of listen to and learn about the process of leadership in AIA, the AIA pact. All of these different things. And I went to a lot of things that I normally wouldn't have gone to. Listen, sat in on the caucuses and listened to all of the different candidates and listened to basically everybody's impression. And it, it was really interesting and really kind of eye-opening to listen to all of the different delegates, or sorry, the candidates um, mm -hmm. as they're presenting their, their positions to all of the delegates and really there was such this interesting difference between all of the different people who are running for the at-large positions for people who are running for the presidency, really kind of learning about, and I've done this a couple of times. I, I swear I probably never paid attention in the past, but really starting to get more interested in what really does. And I think it was because of my involvement with AIA Maryland working on the, the legislation, com the legislative committee, you know, listening to that over the course of the past couple of years prior to, you know, moving and, and really just saying, okay, what, because we, we sit there and we always talk about what does AIA do and what does AIA do for us? Right. And nine times out of 10, most people are just like, you know, oh, I don't really. Even some of the candidates were a little, like, I, it's hard to explain, but some of the candidates were basically sitting saying, oh, well, you know, if you don't really think that the AIA does anything for you. And it was, it was more like they were knocking, uh, they were knocking the positions that they were running for them. Like, it, well, it, they were kind of piling on to the comments that were coming from they were the audience. Yeah. They were. And so what was very interesting about that is just though there were so many different people who were like, I hear you. Some of your biggest concerns are the fees for both the, your AIA membership dues and your, the fees to, you know, come to this conference. And so first of all, people had already made peace with the fact, you know, the, the fees to come to that conference were you know relatively high. And because they were there, right? They were listening sometimes for like the delegates, sometimes people, the local chapters pay for them to go and because they're part of the voting membership or, or things like that. And then sometimes people just go for whatever. The people who really had a good answer to all of that were the people who ultimately ended up winning the positions. And one of them happened to be a recent interviewee that we didn't get a chance to actually talk to her, Evelyn Lee, her candidacy for the president of AIA. But right. I sat down and I listened to her platform because finally I got an opportunity to listen to her platform. And if there isn't one person who, who cares more about the AIA and like the direction and the future of the profession that was a candidate, they, they weren't on the stage. They, none of them mm. ever came to the stage because she laid out And the interesting thing was, is that all these people who were talking about, yeah, we hear you about your concerns about the fees, about both the membership fees, your membership dues, as well as you know, the fees to go to a conference. And she basically laid it out. It was just like, it's, it's based off of the value, the value that you get out of both your, your membership fees as well as your attendance to these conferences and, and laid it out in a way to make people understand that, Hey, if you are, if you want more value, then you need to demand more value. If you want to just have a lesser fee, well, then guess what? You're not really going to get, all you're doing is asking for them to kind of like 
water down the service that are provided and really didn't, and people don't really understand. And so that was like the goal for what I was doing is I just wanted to really, we've always said that, you know, a lot of times we've, we've bitched about the AIA, right? We've bitched about what does the AIA do for you and all of this other stuff. You know, I've started to promise myself that if I, I, I really actually want to like, like for myself, learn what does the AIA do for us? What do, what are we getting out of this? What, what are we, why are we paying all of this money? What can they do? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. did I answer all of those questions? No. Um, mm -hmm. Still got to keep asking the questions and still got to keep learning. But did I see the value in, do I see the value in attending conferences? Absolutely. Do I see the value in a membership? I do. I do. Not a hundred percent, but I do. I'm learning. I'm getting there. <laughs> And so that was, a, that was really actually the goal. And so, you know, really, you know, listening to the candidates, listening to what people are identifying as the problems in architecture, in the architectural organization, and what they feel like they can do and accomplish, what the arc, you know, the Archipac, I think that's what it's called, Archipac, um, right. what they can do for us and what, what the issues that they, you know, stand for. I mean, we've had obviously some interesting because we've had some conversations about it in the past about the you know things like these tone deaf letters that sometimes the AIA puts out when this moment of national crisis and we respond and they respond and you're like whoa that's really the position we're going to take and these are the things that I wanted to learn more about it's just like okay what goes in the decision of doing that I mean did somebody like say mm -hmm. hey here's Here's the, here's our publicist and our publicist says that we should say this. And it's like, is that really the message that you think that our, I don't know, what is it? 80, 90,000 members really want to hear mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. and so those were the kind of things that I wanted to, to learn about. And so for the first time in a very long time, I wanted to actively listen to what the hell AIA is doing and actively mm -hmm. listen to what I could potentially do to be a part of it or yeah. maybe not or all of those things. Yeah. Well, and, and congrats to Evelyn who yeah, well, won absolutely. the the vote. And I think what's interesting to me from that point of view, just thinking about it at the bigger picture is that Evelyn is architecture adjacent. She has been for quite a while now. So what that right. means is she works for Slack. She doesn't work in an architectural firm or office. And she, <clears throat> I'm totally like tearing up here. No, I'm just, I'm not, <laughs> I'm just choking. She's outside of architecture and she brings a different perspective. And yes. for, so I, I'm in the same boat or I'm in a similar boat where I've left the profession and that's in kind of weird, you know, weird way to say it. But I am now working, what I say is I'm working on the profession instead of in the profession. Right. And I think Evelyn kind of thinks about it similarly where yes. she wants to make an impact for the future. We do think that the future of this profession deserves to, it, it, ex, it deserves to exist in the future. And so, it needs to exist better. Yeah. And so she has like really strong platform around those ideas. Yep. And I think what's really interesting is that she was elected being outside of architecture. Yes. Uh, and to me, especially coming from the technology side of things, and she's obviously really involved in that side of it as well, working for a company like Slack and communications platform and the things that Slack does right. is interesting from, you know, architecture has always been slow to adopt technology and right. to respond right. to influence of technology. And now you have the leader who is very involved on that side of things and I think can help get the message out to architects at a grand, a broader scale about the benefits and the pitfalls of technology right. from a much more understanding point of view about all that. So what was actually interesting, and so some jerk actually asked this question to the president's specifically about their, you know, their current job, their current role and how that prepares mm. them for, um, mm. you know, prepares them for 
holding office, holding the presidency and what, mm -hmm. how that would help shape and guide them in their decisions. Mm. And I'm that, I was that jerk. Yeah. Just for full disclosure. <laughs> and it, but, but the thing about it was, is that there were people who were, had answered the question as well, almost as a business as usual type approach. And I think the thing that is, was wonderful about Evelyn's response specifically. And so now that the election has gone over, he was elected and all of this other stuff. And we weren't allowed to talk about it when she was on the show. I can at least talk about my impressions of like the candidates and everything heard from her. You were there on a press pass. This is your job, yeah, exact, man. Exactly. Yeah, you're doing it. The thing you're was, doing it. <laughs> the thing that impressed me the most about when she answered that particular question in comparison to the other candidates were, is because she works in a field that is really all, it's, it's technology, yes. And she talked to, you know, the value of emerging technologies within the practice. She talked about Really, it was because of this specific technology that she works on is communication. And that is kind of like the key to her platform is open, clear, concise, understandable, and truthful communication. And it was just like, okay, for me, you know, people are, you know, yes, is architecture in a way broken? Um, yes, absolutely. So what do we do about it? We've got to talk about it, right? We've got to be open in our communication about it. We've got to be able to um, have a, a, an honest, let me see if I can get the words out, an honest dialogue to move forward. We seem mm -hmm. to be so reluctant to have this conversation with ourselves. And so that's what we really needed to have somebody who represents and maybe it's because she's kind of architectural adjacent now. Oh, uh, now she's not. She's she's pulled right back into the fold of things. But mm -hmm. it. But being architectural adjacent, she got to step back and see how other people like tech, specifically tech, because that's like the emerging efforts of where where the world is going to. Right? It's tech based. This tech based that. So to really sit there and have this conversation perspective of how other industries are dealing with these similar problems, these similar communication issues. That's what I think is pretty amazing about like the platform. It's just like other people aren't afraid to have this conversation. Other people confront this conversation head on. The thing that we've seen architects, you know, that architects don't do is confront head on all of these issues. We just kind of like somewhat sit idly by and let other people try to solve them for us. Right. And so that's the issues that I thought set her apart from all of the other candidates. And so that I was thoroughly impressed with the direction that she has for the AIA and hopefully people will embrace that, that direction and embrace her to be able to lead properly and be open about having those conversations. Agreed. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for her. I think that let's good lighting. That. I was gonna say, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm really happy for Evelyn. I, like you said, we couldn't talk about it on the, the episode that she was on, right? but we talked around it. And I think a lot of the ideas that, that she had been sharing leading up to her eventual election all played a part in, yes. you know, there yeah. was this, there was a lot of campaigning going on and it's happening on social media, right. but the issues that she's bringing up are the issues that, like you said, I think, uh, people have these, these conversations in small fragmented ways. Yes. I think yeah. what Evelyn, maybe I'm hoping what Evelyn will be able to do is, is pull them together into, uh, you know, a a larger, but also more singular place for that kind of thing to happen. Because yeah. uh, like you're saying, it, it, the conversations are valuable, but they need to be happening kind of in the same place at the same time. And by, by frag with the fragmenting that we've seen, you know, happening, it, it just leads to polarization. It leads yes. to a more yeah. fragmented industry. And, and we absolutely don't need that because I, I, I fear 
that the issues that she was talking about heavily around people leaving the industry to go to greener pastures. Right. I mean, raise our hands uh, for those of us who have who have done something like that. Uh, Evelyn included. I think it, it's like there's a reason why this speaks to so many people, especially right. the future of right. our industry, right. which are the emerging professionals, the people in school that they're coming out of school and they're like really wondering if they want to go into this field after they've finished a, a oh, degree in architecture. Absolutely. That's that happens. It's very real. And so she's. I think it's it's great that she's kind of taking that head on and saying this is the conversation we need to be having. Right. Right. Because how do we save the profession and how do we save and protect the people who are in it, who are coming in it, and who are even leaving? And I would even frame it as how do we reinvent the profession? Right. I, there are right. some things worth saving, but I think uh, it, nobody in, well, I, I shouldn't say nobody. I, should, I don't want to speak for anybody, but I don't think it. a lot of it's not worth saving because right. you've got and new yeah. generations yeah. coming in who think very differently and they are yes. not going to just take it on wholesale and, <laughs> no. and continue the way that it works now. Nope, no. it's not going to no. happen. Can we just be real about that and exactly. say, look, how are we going to redefine this like Madonna would with a new album and <laughs> just say, like, we need reinvention. We right. need to reinvent architecture for the next generations. What could that look like? We're designers. We should really be able to figure this out. Exactly. And, and apply this to ourselves. And one of the strong messages, even in that episode that she was on on our show, was really talking about that head on and, and saying, what are we going to do about this? We need to be designing our profession. We are happy to do this for our clients right. every day of the week. Right. Can we actually do it for ourselves? Uh, of course we can, but will we, I think is, is the bigger question. Exactly. And I would encourage people to go and look her up on LinkedIn because now that the election's over with, you can have a little bit more freely, you know, free conversation about it. And a lot of what her more recent posts have been conversations about the platform that she ran on, the conversations that we need to have, kind of some real issues, even bulletized of this, like, here are the things that we need to have conversations about. And it's, they're really interesting and they're really engaging and, and, and thankfully people are engaging in the conversation. Yeah. I would encourage more people to go and have that conversation, whether it's with her, with us, with anybody, have those conversations, have those conversations with your own, own firm, you know, take, take a look at what is going to be the makeup of the future, what conversations will lead you around those that that future speaking mm -hmm. of the future i do want to mm. kind of like change tact for just a second and one of the things that i really found interesting in a lot of the tech-based booths that i visited in you we talked about you know ketchup we talked to yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking trying to go through my memory bank of like who who did i visit you know that i wasn't even with you on in every single one of them, what is their future? AI. AI, AI is their future. We are not going word. to be, I just want to reiterate that we've, we've had this conversation before. We are not going to be able to get away with, get away from it. And so if we're not going to be able to get away from it, which is fine, we're not going to, but you said it, I heard, I, I could have swore that it was something that you coined. And maybe it was, mm -hmm. and maybe other people, but when I was at an Enscape event on right before the show started and what kind of like what their offerings are now and what are their, what are going to be some of their offerings in the future, it won, it was quite exciting. And I would encourage everybody to go to Enscape and real to their website and really take a look at what the future holds from Enscape. But, you know, they said that. Is Enscape, or sorry, is AI going to be replacing architects? No. It's the architects who use AI who will be replacing architects. And I, I hear, I hear that more and more. First time I heard it was from you. So I honestly. You didn't hear it from me originally, but yeah, I, I won't well, take credit for it. But I think I even heard Ev Evelyn say that. So 
<laughs> well, but it's definitely but going around. Even before that, everybody's, thankfully, everybody's saying that because mm. everybody is at least preparing people to make people know that the software that we use will, will have a component of AI as part of it, whether it's our drafting tools, whether it's our presentation tools. I mean, I, I've sat there and watched videos and, and I've, I thought I was pretty, pretty good at Photoshop, but I haven't used Photoshop in a while. And so I've been watching these videos of what Photoshop can do and like all of the kind of like AI plugins for the um, new Photoshop. generative fill stuff. Exactly. Yeah. The new generative fill stuff. And so of course, what am I going to do? Open up Photoshop and I'm going to start taking a look at it. And I'm like blown away. It was like, where was this when I was working on a deadline and I spent most of my time having oh, to cut man. out like a background so that I could create some new sky or something like that. The things that we wish we had back in the day that are now coming, I am just thoroughly impressed with where we're going. And I, I know that people are afraid of it. I, they, I think everybody's afraid because it's going to replace us. It's not mm -hmm. going to replace, it's not going to replace the value of us. It's going to replace the things that we do that we hate doing. That's what it's going to replace. If you do boring shit, it will replace you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You said it far more succinctly than I did. But yes, that. I mean, if you do the mundane stuff that it can do in three seconds that takes you hours to do. Yeah. Yeah. Bye-bye. Now, I will say it was because of you, but you, I had given you an email that was written and distributed. And I was just like, yeah, pretty sure there's a better way to, to write this or handle this. And you threw it into chat GPT and basically, but you know, very similar prompts, very similar tone, but you, whatever other prompts that you had, had put in there made it actually sound far better. It was, it was like, if I'm going to deliver bad news, what is the best, you know, what is the easier way for me to deliver that bad news? And sure enough, I've gotten a couple of other emails that I've kind of like, you know, run through there just as like, how would you respond to this? You know, give me a, a couple of prompts of let me, I want it to be stern, firm, but kind of like, what's um, the difference between stern and firm? Stern, I don't know. I, I just started, I, I honestly just started throwing in a bunch of words that basically said, stand firm with the, the tone of your original email, you know, at least kind of like be open to listening to them, even though uh, for lack of a better term, you definitely don't agree with, you know, what they're saying and, and kind mm. of like the direction that they want to go. And so I'm like, I know how I would respond to it. And sometimes I need somebody else to like proof it, to say, maybe you should do this or maybe you should do that. So I had, um, you know, chat GPT proof it for me. And I'm like, wow, that sounds uh, like a far better way to deal with, respond to it than I was going to, mm -hmm. you know, with no colorful word enhancers. That <laughs> <laughs> was no, what a unnecessary intensifiers yeah exactly. there you go <laughs> well uh overall great show looking well, forward to next year for yes. sure uh, looking forward to it being uh, no i'm not looking forward to it being on the east coast i have I to am. say because there were so many of those in a row i know you are um it was nice watching you suffer in my time zone for once actually I, the, <laughs> the, the funny thing was is that so i went to bed so the first night that we were there together and so I'd gone to bed on West coast time, but woke up on East coast time. I'm like, really, why are you doing this to me? This body, yeah. but right. Um, got, got wasn't into too bad. It wasn't too bad. Nice. Not that big of a deal, but, um, yes, next year we'll be in DC again. And hopefully a lot of the things that are going on construction wise at Smithsonian one of my firm's clients. So I can say with some level of confidence that a lot of the things that are going on at the new Smiths, at the Smithsonian's will be done in time. Hmm. And nice. they're very exciting changes. 
We could spend the whole time there. I, oh, I could. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, you yeah. know, it's, it's <laughs> almost like, do we extend it? Maybe stay like a whole, you've got family on that. And my, my wife already has said she doesn't, she's not interested in going. So. <laughs> well, she doesn't have to go. My, to... And my family's moving away from there. Yeah. Uh, I'm basically going to be shuttling around by, by you uh, and on your itinerary. So yeah. we'll, we'll have to chat some more well, about it. But well, I I'm guarantee you we're going to be going to the Glenstone. And I guarantee you oh, we're. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh. And I guarantee that we've got to do, we've got to do the Glenstone visit, like not on an architectural tour. Like just, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, Another. we, we just have to enjoy it on our own, you know, have our yeah. own self guided. It's, it's a wonderful place. Um, and then I'm just looking forward to just being back and we'll make it, I've already like offered up that I'll be pairing up with a couple of people and giving some guided, some like tours and do some like nighttime monument tours and stuff like that. How much I'll, do you charge? I don't charge anything. <laughs> I need this to. Is... I need to get together with AIA National and tell them that I'm free to do it, but not free to do it. <laughs> like, well, and their I, building's right there too. And I, I, th oh, yeah. I think I heard that their uh, Ooh, remodeling is yes. supposed to be done by then it's, as well. Yeah, yeah. And and that's cool. a, a, that's an exciting change as well. So a lot of it DC is DC. There's so much to do, so much to see. Too much to do. Yep. Too much to do, too much to see and do an actual conference. Yeah, mm -hmm. good luck with that. Good luck. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to sign up for anything. Forget it. I'm, I'm just not. <laughs> it's. I mean, that you, you actually can do that. You actually it, can just go and not it, sign up for anything and just let it be it's serendipity. It's going to be social hour for me. That and the fact that yeah. I'm going to probably have to go to the office at least, you know. Maybe I'll go to the office like the week before and just stay there for two weeks and conference as well. There you go. See? Right, cool. Prior Got it plan. all figured out, man. All right. Well, good chatting with you. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Great show.